Hello, and welcome to Shiny Objects. I'm Jamie King. And I'm Elise Mason. We're founders who also happen to be cousins and best friends. After over a decade of working together, we're pulling back the curtain and getting raw and real about the messy business of work and the reality and sometimes fantasy of what it's like to be your own boss. Hello. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Elise? I am so happy to be talking to you today. Same. I look forward to this. <laughs> Me too. Bright light in a weird time. Very weird time. Um, but for real, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, today I'm doing pretty well. I feel like every day is um, pretty up and down. Uh, it all feels pretty tumultuous and the days feel really long. <laughs> yes. Um, amen to that. <laughs> the days are really long. It is uh, basically week two of social distancing and isolation, and it feels like it has been a lot longer than, you know, one and a half weeks. Um, and in some ways, it feels a lot to me, um, like what I remember almost two years ago, in having a newborn, um, where the days can feel really long in a very short amount of time, <laughs> a lot happens. Um, yeah, it's like the new longest, shortest time in some way. That's so true. Plus you're in your PJs all day and you probably haven't showered in a while. That is a fact. Um, I've been in my PJs more than I would actually like to uh, recount. <laughs> um, <laughs> I found myself out in sweatpants on more than one occasion. And it's funny because it's something that we have always told each other as people that work from home um, very often and have been doing so for a long time, we've often told each other we just wouldn't do. And it was a way to sort of maintain um, a little bit of our humanness and to getting dressed every day. And now that we're in this, amidst this strange crisis, I have found myself in sweatpants out on walks. And um, yeah, I'm not 100% okay with that. So I think I need you to tell me no, to stop that. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, we've had that packed for a long time now, I would say at least 10 years, maybe longer. And I've really stuck by that pact up until last week. And now <laughs> it's like, hell has broken loose. I am going outside <laughs> in like my grossest, <laughs> oldest, full of holes-ist sweatpants. And like, it's, we've, I've got to get back on track. And I definitely need your support <laughs> in getting back into enforcing myself on that pact. I know, please, please tell me no more sweatpants in public. It's not a good look. You are not built to wear PJs out of your house. Like it's just, it's not for me. I should not do it. I need someone to tell me not to do it. And I am totally okay with being told not to do it. Um, so here, we're, we're making a new pact. Let's continue to have the pact where we don't go out in public in our PJs. Um, <laughs> because today we're talking about checking each other um, and how we can support each other during this time and sort of all times um, in our business life. Um, so it's kind of feel like as a very easy way to say that's one little thing we've done over the last decade um, to sort of keep each other in check. 
I agree. This can be like a vow, a vow renewal for our no PJs <laughs> in public <laughs> fact. Um, I, I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Pop the champagne. Woo! Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is, this is a great time to really start having more conversations about the ways that we keep each other in check or we help each other grow. Um, because I think, you know, one of the wonderful things about our partnership is that a lot of what we do kind of goes unsaid. We know each other so well, we understand each other so well that a lot of times we don't really have to talk about what our expectations for each other are or what we need from each other. And I think our pact is a really good counterexample. Uh, so it might be time to put some new, you know, real serious committed agreements in place. I, I think that that is such a valuable exercise for us because you're right. We just know each other so well. And we've always just sort of had this unspoken way of working through everything just because we always know who takes what role and how we take it. And we go from there. Um, but this has really presented this time, this crisis, COVID-19 has really presented new and different obstacles, challenges, and probably just put it into question for both of us, you know, um, how we continue to grow and how we can best support each other in that growth. Um, so I think this will be a really fun exercise to kind of hash that out a little bit and set some new boundaries. I think one of the things that's come out of this crisis for me personally um, has been recognizing that I need to set boundaries um, and I have to find ways um, to, you know, sort of find boundaries with other people um, and also with my news consumption. Because what I notice about myself is that I sort of absorb everybody's energy or I absorb bad news in a way that it's like I expand with it and then I become like, I become that, I become that bad energy, that bad news. Um, then I stop sleeping. I don't eat right. I, I snap at my husband, you know, I, I just become like this, I don't know, this tight wound ball of everybody else's energy and anxiety. And I realize I need not to carry that stuff. Um, so I think this crisis has really reinforced for me that need to put boundaries up and to recognize um, what's going to make me most successful in life and in business and sort of just overall as a human being. Gosh, I relate to that so much. Um, you know, I think this has really amplified for me since I became a parent, where I also feel just porous, like all of the trauma and tragedy and bad news of the world there's no boundary between me and it. Like it can just find its way inside me and really bring me down with it. And so I've really been working on setting up boundaries for myself too, especially with news consumption, because I want to know what's going on in the world. I want to, you know, be taking action and be an informed citizen, but I also can't consume all of it. Uh, I can't carry all that either. And so I think that boundary the need for that kind of boundary has been really clear, especially in the last week and a half, um, where you just can't take on all of this bad news and all this, you know, the clickbait kind of bad news that we're seeing. Um, so I think supporting each other and reinforcing those boundaries, just in terms of what kind of media we consume, is a really great place to start too. Yeah, I mean, it's 
so important. I just in the last couple of days, I've really taken um, some action and sort of said, okay, you know what, this person who I might love on a day to day basis, I just need a little less interaction with them right now, because they are handling this in a way that feels right for them, but is really wrong for me. Um, and I think I'm just sort of establishing those boundaries now so that <laughs> my natural tendency doesn't flare up, which is to react. Um, I am, you know, I know that about myself, I might react to something that feels too heavy or sort of triggers me in some way. Um, and I don't want to get to the place where I'm saying things that I will later regret or just reacting to situations because I get so wound up or I feel so anxious or worried about other people and I, it like manifests in sort of an ugly way. Um, so for me, that's, that's been really important. And, um, the news consumption piece, like you, I want to stay informed, but I also want to stay sane. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying really hard to establish those boundaries for myself and just also monitor the, the fact that, yeah, like that's, that is for me something that I have noticed both personally and professionally is that um, my natural tendency is when I sort of absorb other people's energy or I absorb a lot of like negativity, um, I will, because I don't want it, I will like shed it in a way that's like me saying, you know, something like I will disagree with you or <laughs> I will say something that's contentious. Um, and it's because I'm trying to protect or like shield myself a little bit from it. Um, and it, and then it comes out, you know, sort of feeling like maybe somebody doesn't feel like I'm listening very well, or they feel that contention. Um, and I don't want to upset anybody. So for me, it's, it's sort of on, you know, some level a little bit selfish, but also I think it's, it's going to make me a better human um, and business person at the end of the day to be able to sort of recognize and establish those things. That makes so much sense. And I think, you know, setting some boundaries around that so you can better manage your own reactions is not just a way of taking care of yourself, but it's also a way of taking care of the people in your life that matter to you. And sometimes we do need to retreat a little bit to take care of ourselves and our loved ones. Um, <laughs> and I think it's so interesting. And I think this is probably one of the reasons that we work so well together is that we have such different ways of coping with stress. Um, because I'm kind of the opposite where when I get overwhelmed by, let's say bad news, I don't act. I completely retreat and become paralyzed. I can't even like do simple next steps like my laundry or, you know, send that one email. That's not a big deal at all. Um, I find myself just completely paralyzed. And for me, limiting my consumption or limiting sort of what bad news or inputs I have access to helps me stay in motion. It helps me get things done I need to get done. It helps me keep an eye on the bigger picture and not get really mired down in the weeds of bad news or bad potential outcomes. Um, so where you're reacting, I'm retreating. <laughs> and I think this is probably <laughs> a really nice way that we balance each other out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I think it really is, it becomes, it feel, It can feel kind of selfish, but I think ultimately it's for the greater good if we all learn how to manage our own tendencies better and set ourselves up for better success. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think so. And I, you know, and I think 
if we think about it sort of in broader terms, um, past, you know, this crisis that we're currently in, we've been through a ton of uncertainty before. I mean, it hasn't been on this sort of scale, but um, yeah, we've, we've been through a lot of uncertain times. We've been through a lot of tough times. Um, and I think we've never really talked about sort of the roles that we've each taken to weather those times. Um, and it's interesting that this is sort of bringing us into that place where we're talking about how we're managing ourselves during this crisis. Um, and now like maybe how we're managing our business um, and our business selves in a way. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, I think this is so good that we're having these conversations. And it's funny because in the past, you know, like we've talked about already, we often just sort of wordlessly understand um, who does what. And I think we sort of balance each other out without having to think about it. Um, but you're right, we've been, we've been through some really tough times before. We've had negative dollars in our bank account before. Uh, we've had to deliver really bad news to employees before. And we'll talk about that in a future episode. But um, I think it's sort of a, an interesting thought experiment to look back and think about how we each sort of manage ourselves and each other when we're in a hard time. Um, and I'll start by telling you what I, what role I think you play. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, let me tell you about yourself. Our listeners can't see, but I'm like evilly rubbing my palms together in excitement. Yeah, and I'll be so curious to hear if the way that I perceive your role matches up to how you think you, you play a role in hard times. I would say bottom line, when there's any kind of uncertainty or crisis or <laughs> challenge. Um, I see you as being the person who keeps her head up and who keeps her feet moving. Um, you are the person who refuses to back down or call it quits or even admit that there might be a possibility of needing to call it quits. You just <laughs> keep going. Uh, um, and I've always relied on that sort of forward-looking, big picture, um, optimistic outlook to help pull me out of my doom and gloom paralysis. Um, you know, I think you often help sort of refocus the picture on like, here's what we can do right now, one foot in front of the other. I mean, I think it's the same way that you run ultra marathons. Like you keep your head up, you keep making connections, you keep just proceeding as though we are continuing to grow and things are great and it's going to be better tomorrow. Um, and I really, I really appreciate that perspective that you bring to our team because um, I need that. I need that to pull me out of my paralysis. And I really admire how comfortable you are with ambiguity and uncertainty and, um, you know, potential doom and gloom and how you just keep trucking. Um, and so I always see you as being like sort of the, the moral and empowering leader who, you know, brings people through something and helps them see opportunities that they definitely couldn't see when they were in down in the darkness. <laughs> um, that's very funny because uh, to me, sometimes I feel like I got like Girl Scout leader um, and I'm the person that, you know, will forget everybody's headlamp for uh, a, a hike in the dark. And um, 
but people will somehow, because I will be so, you know, positive and I will be so uh, reassuring and confident that we will eventually get there, that people will blindly follow. Um, and what I actually find myself playing the role of is more of the person who sort of says sort of the outward facing stuff. Um, but I come to you and I always think that you're the person who actually takes the messaging um, and massages it so that I can deliver something um, when it comes to bad news or crisis communication. Um, I feel like I actually don't ever know exactly what to do. And then I always send you that text or that I am, or we have that phone call and it's like a, oh crap, oh crap, what do we do? Here's this thing. And then you're sort of the person who says, okay, this is what we're going to do. And like you write the messaging and then somehow I, you know, take it and deliver it. I feel like I'm the delivery engine of bad news or crisis. Um, but I actually feel like I'm not much in the action piece of it. So I think that that's really interesting. Um, I know that I often will like take action uh, because again, I am I do recognize that I'm comfortable with ambiguity. And if you told me to lead a group of Girl Scouts out in the woods and I forgot headlamps, I would still do it. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if that's a good thing, <laughs> but it's just the truth. <laughs> um, I, and, and that's a terrible example because I've actually never been in a Girl Scouts troop. So I don't even know if you do that. Um, but I actually have taken runners out on a trail uh, with full confidence that I knew where I was taking them, even though I had never been there before um, and actually had no idea because I didn't look at the map and got us all lost and ended up having to hitchhike uh, back to the trailhead. Um, true story. So I know that I do those things and I will lead with like a blind confidence. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I actually think the funny part about that is to me, um, because a lot of times you are the person who will sort of put the rational like thoughts together and have your, you know, your, your sort of like, okay, I've got a clear lens. We're going to look at this and we're going to message it and we're going to figure it out. Um, you really balance me out and invite me to take action in a way that actually makes sense and doesn't just become like me leading a bunch of people out into the dark without light. Um, and that's, that's really sort of the roles that I have seen us take. I always feel like I, I'm a little bit more of like the show pony. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really true. I think you're, I mean, I certainly am grateful because I never want to be in the spotlight. Um, and I always appreciate how you are not just willing, but sometimes it feels like excited to go and have hard conversations or, um, you know, do sort of the crisis management work and really be that, you know, front-facing show pony kind of role. Because I would much rather be behind the scenes trying to find some emergency headlight supplies than <laughs> like actually trying to assure the Girl Scouts that we were going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't send your Girl Scouts to me. That is the moral. Because <laughs> they will definitely be in the dark hiking in the woods um, and someone will get lost. That is just the reality of the situation. Um, but everyone will come home with a great story. We'll all come home and we'll have the most epic adventure and blisters and memories. 
that is for sure. <laughs> um, that is so interesting. I think we sort of both interpret our roles, um, each other's roles in a way that maybe we're both pretty comfortable with, but almost, I think we see each other as like the things that I sort of see as faults or in my own like leadership style or my own response to crisis, like you see a strength and vice versa, which I think is funny. And it's an interesting, like, we don't speak about these things. We just kind of be them. And I think knowing that, um, you know, that you're sort of looking towards me as like leading that and keeping things on track and keeping things like positive and like, we've got this, um, knowing that that really helps you makes me think, okay, like I have a real role in this and, um, and whether like, you know, I feel like maybe sometimes I'm like leading people blindly. Um, maybe there is something to that. Maybe there is a strength in that. So that really helps me kind of put that into perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone needs, everyone needs some kind of, you know, guiding light to look for. Right. And, um, I think when I'm like, you know, trying to look at the facts and look at the data and think through hypotheticals, you know, that very quickly takes me into often more of a like doom and gloom kind of headspace, um, especially right now. I think I'm just kind of doom and gloom in general. Um, and so having, you know, having your like, you know, one foot in front of the other optimism helps me kind of like come over that hump and be like, okay, here are the facts and here are the different ways that we could approach moving forward with these facts instead of like just getting down and dirty and wallowing in, you know, bad possible outcomes. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, and speaking of bad possible outcomes, um, I mean, I think this has forced us both to wallow in that a little bit. Um, I've certainly been wallowing in it um, and playing out the what ifs in my head. Um, and it's not a pleasant place to be. Um, and I think it's interesting because, as we said before, we've been in these positions before. We've weathered a lot of uncertainty and difficulty. Um, what do you think makes this feel maybe so different? Or does it feel different to you? That's a great question. You know, I think, I think for me, what feels different about this one is well, first of all, just the scale. Um, and then also, you know, with past difficulties that we faced, I've always had this sense that somehow deep down, and I think this is related to the imposter syndrome problem that we were talking about last <laughs> time, um, that it was our fault. That yeah. whatever situation we found ourselves in was just irreducibly down to something that we did wrong. Um, yep. This time, this one stings more because lately our business has been doing really well. I'm really proud of where we're at. And it kind of felt like we were cresting the wave after, you know, 10 years of kind of often thankless <laughs> um, schlepping and <laughs> toil. Um, Being tossed about in the, in the white water. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and it's, all of it just feels like so out of our control. And, and that's what I think one of the reasons I'm really appreciating your optimism right now is because I feel like I'm getting stuck in this place of like, we just have no idea what's going to happen. 
and how do we how can we even manage hypotheticals how can we keep growing how can we like make plans or be strategic given just how uncertain everything is right now yeah that i think that's why it does feel different um i mean when we faced failure before i mean we've we've gone through the death of a business before um which we will get into don't worry <laughs> in our next episode um but this feels really different um and scary in on a whole new level because again yeah you're right like none of this we could have predicted this wasn't like something we were just ignoring <laughs> between the lines like you know it wasn't it wasn't negligence um or ignorance or you know just plain being unaware it was something that just kind of crept up and yeah took us by surprise and i think that that is the hardest part of this this just feels like so different on the level like so many levels because it wasn't this time it wasn't about like any sort of negligence or ignorance or just big mistake um this is like you know we couldn't read this between the lines um it wasn't something we could plan for or prepare for it just came it took us by surprise um and really sort of put our business and our leadership and our strength um to the test and it's going to continue to do that i mean we're not we're by no means out of the woods in fact i think that's why we're having this conversation because it's bringing up a lot and really forcing us to have uh really honest and uh reflective conversations in a lot of ways, it's making me grateful for all the hard conversations we've had to have before, because we're pretty well practiced at having these hard conversations with each other, um, though this is the first time, of course, that we're sharing them publicly. And I think one of the reasons that we've finally taken the plunge and started sharing these sort of internal, very private conversations with the big wide world is that they are so different. Um, you know, I think our previous hard conversations have often been about us being forced to face our reality, to admit that something's not working or something needs to change. And this time, these conversations feel much different. They feel like we are helping each other process our grief about what we've lost, what we are still yet to lose, and finding a way through this really uncertain reality. I, I think grief is a great way to look at it. Um, I certainly feel that. And yeah, I think that's why this feels so heavy. It feels, yeah, it's like that, that grief just feels really heavy and it kind of weighs on you. And it's like the out of control feeling is such a hard feeling to manage. <laughs> and that's what this feels like. It feels like out of control. All of this is really hard. The situation that we're in is very fragile <laughs> um, and out of control. And I think since we're feeling like there's so much we can't control, um, maybe it's time that we make a new pact that's bigger than just no PJs in public. Oh, I love this idea. What if, let's make a pact that really encourages us to lean on each other during this time. 
because I think we're finding that having the right support system in place is what's saving our sanity right now. I like so, that. How about we agree to just bring everything to each other? Even if it's like small, it. even if it's silly, uh, whatever's causing us stress or keeping us up at night, let's bring it to each other. Let's not do it alone. That's so, like, that feels like a way to just really lessen the burden. And honestly, to just, I don't know, it's vulnerable, but it's also so impactful, I think, because we can both lessen that burden of, like, the things that we're carrying. And and maybe, maybe we'll find that this helps us work together to use both of our sort of strengths <laughs> and come together to find better solutions to the things, the challenges, the obstacles that we face. Or at least that's my hope. Yes, I think so. I think now is the time to be vulnerable and to really share that burden and then rise from it. I like it. Okay, this is what we're doing. Here's our new pact. And I think we'll have to update how we're doing with our pact and what we've been able to share so that, you know, our audience can keep us accountable also. <laughs> Absolutely. You're all in on the pact now. Okay. Well, I, as always, I appreciate this conversation with you, uh, this opportunity to just kind of, I don't know, it feels really cathartic to just let some of this go and not hold on to it so tight. I mean, even the littlest things, like when you talked about earlier how we've been at zero and ugh, negative in the bank account before, um, that's something we've never said out loud to anybody. And that felt, I don't know. Anyways, feels really cathartic. So thank you for this. Thank you. We're just letting everything go. Yeah. <laughs> no secrets. <laughs> no secrets, no pajamas. No pajamas. Yep. You better get out of those sweatpants. I bet you're in them right now. Go put on some pants. Oh, <laughs> and shoot. Brush your hair. How did you know? Oh, yeah. All right. I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, we've got our marching orders with this new pact, and we'll be back next week with an episode all about failure. We'll be sharing the backstory of our failed business and the lengths we went to to be taken seriously. Let's just say there were push-ups on stage, meltdowns over pizza, and more than a few cameos from imposter syndrome. See you then. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shiny Objects. If you enjoyed it and want to hear more, we'd appreciate you subscribing and reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. We'd also love to hear what you're going through. Send a 30-second audio clip to hi at shinyobjects.live and we may feature you on a future podcast. Thanks for listening and come back soon.